Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, let's get to the word tonight. Um, I do different series. I'm doing a so series. So this or so that. So tonight I want to do, um, the title is So Different. And you'll be thinking, all of you will be thinking different things <laughs> when you see that. But um, I want to preach out of one particular psalm, actually, out of Psalm 73. And, um, you know, things are often different to what we expected. You know, sometimes we expect things to go in a certain way or our life to be in a certain way. And, and things can turn out differently. You know, um, when I was in Bible school, you know, everyone was so zealous and hungry for the Lord when I first got saved about 20 years ago or whatever. And things have seemed to be different then than they are now. You know, people were in church nearly every day of the week and or every night of the week and there was things happening. And But now there seems to be a greater busyness and way more challenges. And, you know, things are different sometimes and, and our faith is challenged. You know, we have friends who are believers who can be sick or we can have family members who, you know, go astray or we can have things happen to friends. One of my good friends was um, terrible, murdered a few years ago. It was in the news, you probably remember it a couple of years ago. You know, things just go so differently to what you imagine and it can really throw you. It can really throw you, it can really challenge your faith and you can struggle when you see friends that you went to Bible college with or people that walk with the Lord and, and then you see them fall away or you see them getting lukewarm and things happen. And it's like, wow, things are going so differently than I thought they would. And that's kind of where we pick up in this psalm. This psalm was written by um, a worship leader, actually. And you think, wow, you know, one of the worship leaders, he was from the tribe of Levi. Levi means connected to God. So, you know, he, he should be a spiritual giant. He was one of the three worship directors in uh, David's temple and probably Solomon's temple as well. And he was very prophetic. He would prophesy um, as well. So he was, you know, he was pretty in tune with God spiritually and he was a man of faith. And, you know, he was full on serving for God. But, you know, things can happen in our lives and it can challenge us. So I want to share this psalm that was written by, a his name's Asaph, written by Asaph, and uh, just encourage us to give us confidence, to give us confidence to live in a corrupt and an unfair world, because that's what it is. It's a corrupt and an unfair world. You know, Paul called it a crooked and perverse generation thousands of years ago. So how much worse is it now? I mean, you watch the news about what's happening in the world even today, things that are being celebrated today. Uh, I won't name anything, but, you know, Asaph was looking, and this is what he said, truly, God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. So he's saying, look, I'm acknowledging, I'm a man of faith. I'm acknowledged that God is good. 
God does take care of his people. God takes care of those who are pure in heart. He's saying, it's not about my heart so much, but my feet. My feet had almost stumbled. Almost stumbled. And my steps had nearly slipped. He's saying, I am really struggling, or I have really struggled. And there are believers right now who are struggling. They might feel they are almost stumbling or nearly slipping. So when you see this, you go, oh my goodness, he is a worship leader. You know, how, what's going to happen to me? If he's struggling, what's the answer? What is the answer? And so even though he has faith, there's something going on in his life that's challenging him. And here's a key. The next verse he says, For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. It's like, why are things going so well for these unbelievers? Why are things going so well for the ungodly? And so he's become envious. He's not content with where he's at. He's listening to the things they say and he's watching the way they're living their lives and he's seeing all the stuff that they've got and he's saying, why are they doing so well? <laughs> and I seem to be struggling. There's people who feel like that. Sometimes we feel like that. It's like, gosh, you know, what's going on? What's going on? They seem to be prospering. I'm struggling. I'm suffering. And, and God, where are you? <laughs> That's kind this is real. This is real, okay? This is real. But the thing is, he'd become envious. Why? Because he was being influenced. He was being influenced by the boastful, by the pride, by the, 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 the su supposed success of those in the world, okay? So he, had, he was looking at them as the measure. And so his, he was struggling to keep going and, and the path of life for him had become uh, quite difficult. And then he says this about them. There's no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. So this can be partly real, but he's gone into the realm of assumption now. He's assuming. He's assuming that they don't have any problems. He's assuming that they're strong because they say they are or they look like they are. He's assuming that things are going well. He's assuming that they don't have any problems or troubles. You know, the people who live down in Peppermint Grove or, you know, along the coastline in the big mansions, you know what? They have problems too. So he's thinking in this way. Oh, they don't have any troubles, they don't have any stress, they don't have any problems, they're not plagued with um, torment or any of this, you know? And sometimes people think like that. You know, what, what, what's the point of serving Jesus? What's the point of being good and being a Christian, you know? What's the point of going to church? What's the point if things are going well for them and they're not going well for me? And this is part of his struggle. And this is, he's, he's looking even more. He's looking at their character in that. He's saying they set their mouth against the heavens, so they're very ungodly. They 
speak against God. Their tongue walks through the earth like they're very pro they're full of pride. They're full of arrogance. It's like they own the place. And they say, how does God know? They mock God. Is there knowledge in the Most High? So they are mocking God. They are scorning him or anyone who believes in him. They have great swelling words. They speak against the Lord. There's no fear of God in them at all. And this is really upsetting him because he loves the Lord. He's serving the Lord. And yet he sees all these things around him. And then he says this. Surely I've cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long, I've been plagued and chastened every morning. He's really in a bad place. Emotionally, he's really in a bad place. He's saying, I've cleansed my heart, but what's the point? That's what he's gotten to. What's the point? I've been good, I've done the right thing, and yet I've been tormented, I've been plagued with guilt, I'm chastened every morning. Every morning I wake up and things are still the same. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Is it worth it? Why is this happening? Has anyone kind of ever felt a little bit like this? Yeah, don't, I, I see the hands, but <laughs> there you go. So he's questioning. You know, God is big enough to be questioned. God can handle any of this, okay? But he's, this is really something too. He said, if I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. So he's basically saying, now God, I'm pouring out my heart to you. All this is bothering me. And I'm pouring out my heart to you. But he's saying, I am not speaking it to anyone else. He said, if I'd spoken this, like if I'd said it out of my mouth, then I would have affected others, especially young believers, especially the generation of your children. He's saying, I'm not saying it to anyone else. Lord, I'm saying it to you. I don't want to taint them. I don't want to cause them to stumble. He's having a crisis of faith, but he still has enough faith to come to the Lord in prayer and pour it out to God. And sometimes that's what you've got to do. When you get to that point where you're looking around and everything seems so bad, you've got to take it to the Lord. Stop looking at yourself, stop looking at others, and start looking to the Lord. See, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. I just don't get it. I don't understand. Why? And then he said it was too painful to me, for me until, now here's the turning point, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. So these ungodly people who are just running riot and looking so successful and so blessed and everything's going lovely for them, everything is sweet for them and everything's sour and bitter for me, he's saying, you know what? 
Now I see the big picture. Now I get it. When he went into the sanctuary of God, when he went into that secret place of the Most High, when he got alone with God, when he got into the presence of the Lord, then things became clear. A change of focus brought a change of perspective. He began to see the big picture. He said, until I went into your presence, then I understood their end. They're enjoying it now, but I understand that the end is not good for them unless they turn to the Lord. He said, and thus my heart was grieved. When, he under, when he, he, his heart was grieved, was it grieved for them? No. He said, my heart was grieved. I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. So now he's repenting for his bad behaviour before the Lord. He was probably saying, God, you don't love me. You don't care. You're blessing all those people. It's not right. It's not fair. You know, and he said I was like a beast, like a wild animal before you. And sometimes we can sound a bit like that, you know, before God. We can laugh because we know it's true. But, you know, he repented. He recommitted himself to the Lord. It's like, oh, it's so foolish to think, you know, that's what I really wanted. I was ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. Okay? His heart was grieved. He was repentant in his heart. Not just felt bad. That's remorse. He didn't just feel bad. He actually repented before the Lord. He said this, nevertheless, I'm continually with you. It's not about all the stuff. It's about being with him. He said, I'm continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You're there for me. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. It's not just about the here and now. He's thinking eternally again. Before he was jealous of the things, the worldly stuff that's going to fade away. But now he's saying, it's not about that. It's about you. It's about that relationship. I'm continually, I have access to you all the time. You hold me by my right hand. You're there. You're reliable. You're faithful. You guide me. You counsel me. And you're going to take me to be with you. And then he says, who do I have? Who do I have in heaven but you? Remember last week I preached on the only way? He's the only one. Who have I in heaven but you? And there's no one upon earth that I desire besides you. He didn't say nothing. Nothing. Things have gone out of his head now. He didn't care about stuff now. He didn't care about things. He just cares about the person, the connection, the relationship. He said, there's no, none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. No matter what's going on, God is the strength of my life. You know, in the flesh or my heart, I might be weak, but God is the strength of my spirit, my heart, the deep, deep place 
within me. He's my portion forever. He's my portion forever. And then he says in verse 27, For indeed those who are far from you, again he goes back to the ungodly, the wicked, those who are far from you shall perish. That's their end. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. Wow, that's a very strong statement. You have destroyed. Not you will destroy, but you already have. God has shown that he is a righteous judge. He is gracious and he's merciful. He's a holy God. He's a righteous judge. So you have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. Who is he talking about there? Probably about those in the days of Noah who were destroyed for deserting the Lord and chasing after foreign gods. Unfaithful. Unfaithful. It says it all right there. He said, but it's good for me. This has been good. This journey that I've had, this struggle, it's been good for me to draw near to God. I've put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. So this is the final verse. And he comes to this conclusion. You know what? It started out rough and tough. <laughs> it was a struggle. But it's been good. It's been very good. Because they're far away. But now I'm actually even closer. I'm even closer to God. And he states, I put my trust. Not I will. I have put my trust in God. And because he's put his trust in God, he's able to come to the Lord, pour out his heart, pour out the anguish, pour out the sadness, the sorrow, the disappointment, the discouragement, everything, and lay it at the feet of the Lord. And then still feel the love of God. Still feel the goodness of God and still say, why? So I can tell others. So I can declare the works of the Lord. This psalm by Asaph is called a wisdom psalm. I think there's a lot of wisdom in this. You know, when you're struggling, it's wisdom to come to the Lord, to pour it out, let it go, reflect on your fate and reflect on the fate of those who seem to be successful. They may seem successful now and have it all, but really, they have nothing. Unless you have the Lord, you have nothing. So what are the lessons that we get from this? What are the lessons that we learn? You know what? Even strong believers have their struggles. We're not robots. We have our ups and downs, we have our good days, and we have our bad days. Life is real. Life is real. Another lesson we get from this was out of verse 3 where he said, I was jealous when I saw their success, when I saw their prosperity. It's not about brand names. It's not about famous institutions. It's not about this piece of paper or that title. It's not about this stuff or that stuff. It's not about those things. If we think it's about that, we will become envious, we will become jealous, we will start comparing 
We are not to be jealous of worldly successes, but be content. We need to move ourselves away. He had, he had to move himself away from looking at himself and from looking at others and look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. If you feel like you're coming close, he said, I was coming close to falling. I was coming close to tripping up. He came close, but he didn't fall because he came closer to the Lord. Draw near to the Lord. He'll draw near to you. And the last verse that I thought would be very appropriate in this, godliness. He was a godly man, obviously. He was a worship leader. He loved the Lord. He just had a struggle because he lost his contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I've preached on this too. For we brought nothing into this world and it's certain <laughs> we can take, carry nothing out. Having food and clothing. You got food, you got clothing, it's all you need. With these, we shall be content. Godliness with contentment. Let's be content with what God has given to us. And as you're content and grateful, he will give even more so that you can be a blessing to others. Brought nothing in. What do we take out of this world? We take souls. We take the good fruit that remain. Amen. Father, we just thank you. I preach this word about so different. Things may be so different from what we expected in this life. And sometimes things happen, you know, just out of the blue and it's so different than what we expected. And we are challenged in our faith. But Lord, as we come to you, we draw near to you. It can bring us even closer, make us even stronger. Lord, we want to be like Asaph, not to look at the wrong things, but to look to you, to see the big picture, to have the eternal perspective on things, and to know, like he did, that you are with us. And when you are with us, things are so different. And our future, We'll be so, so different as we remain faithful to you. Help us, Lord, to remain faithful, to keep seeking you, to keep trusting you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God. Amen. Amen. Okay. God is good. Have an awesome week. Say hi to someone if anyone needs prayer. I want to pray for you. Bye everyone online. Have a great week.